This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by Maddie Sherrill. How's it going, Maddie? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing really good. So we had you on the podcast a couple of weeks ago to talk about some of the cool stuff that you've been writing, but uh, it's coming now to the end of your second summer internship with us. So I wanted to kind of do a recap, talk some more about some of the cool stuff that you've been working on, some things that you've learned over the last couple of years, spending time up here. Uh, But then also you are returning back to school soon here uh, for your senior year in college. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that as the the debate nationally right now is all about schools opening up. I want to get your perspective uh, as somebody who's going back to school uh, but but we'll get into that uh, towards the second half of the podcast. I just want to start by, you know, saying what a cool like second year you had. You got to do a bunch of really cool articles. Walk me through a little bit about some of the stuff that you got to write about and some of the, the different uh, series that you started writing for The Pulse this summer. Well, I was actually um, kind of doing a little bit of a look back to to see what kind of articles I had been writing. And um, last summer I wrote around 19 and this summer I wrote around 30. So I definitely had a chance to do a lot more, um, especially in gallery. I hadn't written any gallery um, last summer. So it was really cool to kind of dive into, especially with the changed circumstances, the way that galleries and artists are handling things this summer has been really interesting. Um, and then the beach of the week, of course, has been really fun. And a lot of the experiential kind of outdoor stuff that I did, I, I love doing that anyway, but I think especially it became more relevant as those became the activities that we have available to us that are safe. Right. And and so this was this was an internship. Uh, you've done it for two summers now. Speaking as an intern, do you feel like this was beneficial to you both in terms of like what you're studying at school, but also do you think that your experiences here will enrich you as you as you go on about? I feel like I'm, I'm doing like an exit interview, <laughs> uh, but like, do you, do you feel like your internship was worthwhile in that you were able to engage with the stuff that you're either doing in school or hope to be doing in the future? Definitely. I had never written in the real world, quote unquote, before. I, it it had always been like within an academic setting, which definitely has its own merits, but it was really fun to kind of try my hand at like actually communicating information to like real people and, and have, you know, I underestimated how cool it was to have my stuff actually in print. So I've really enjoyed that almost more superficial end of it. But I also think that I am definitely a better writer at this point, because I have had to cover so many different things and varying topics. The degree that you're aiming for in school is kind of like a multidisciplinary degree, right? Uh, Do you feel like you got to explore a bunch of different things in this? Yeah. And everything that I have written, because it's um, journalistic, is way more concrete and poses different challenges, but it's it's not the same um, philosophy and stuff that I'm used to dealing with. So I have to have like real like who, what, where, when, why. When I'm writing an essay, it's more like, you know, like sink into these ideas. So it, it was a real challenge for me to actually have like clear, concrete, communicative writing. So you've gotten to 
both start and also kind of engage with a couple different new theories that we've been putting into the pulse each week. Uh, one of them was the beach of the week, which we've talked about before. What was you? We talked about doing Sand Bay Beach and Egg Harbor Beach. What were the other ones that you're able to write about? Um, I just did Newport Beach, which. Um, at the entrance point isn't much of a beach right now, but if, if you go a little bit further, you can find some sand. Um, and then I also wrote for the Know Your Grower series and for the Door Reader series. So those were both fun to engage with. The Door Reader series, was that your, your piece on Fahrenheit 451? Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that at length in the, in the last podcast. And and that was, that was so cool to be able to kind of jump into that. I know that Grace Johnson really wanted to beef up our, our literary section this year. Um, and I I think that that's a great way to kind of jump into that. Um, any other like non-series based articles that you got to kind of dig into and learn about anything else that you think, uh, was exciting or interesting? Yeah, I really, like I mentioned, hadn't been able to do a lot in the art scene last summer. So I think that those were kind of my favorite new experiences to dive into this summer. Um, I just wrote a piece about Midsummer Music and their 30th anniversary. They had 10 local artists paint um, on violins, which was really cool. And um, they're going to auction them off in October. But it was cool to talk about the different inspirations and kind of the interdisciplinary action of music and art and how they work together um, and how they're both, I think, really essential, especially in times of crisis, to have a really robust music and art community. Right. Uh, Midsummer is also one of the organizations that is doing virtual events, like virtual modificated or modifications to what they normally do. So uh, I believe that maybe this weekend they're starting their virtual concert series. I knew that it was starting early in August. Um, so if you're missing that music and you want to see it from home, they're doing that. They're also doing uh, like talks with different people, like virtual talks, and they're they're streaming everything over on their YouTube channel. I covered them for the Pulse video show last week. So I got to check out some of what they were doing. So that that's another cool part of it too. And, and like, I, like I said before, you're more interdisciplinary focus. I feel like you were kind of able to dig into those different things up here. I know that you did another piece about about um, like art journaling and yoga, which, yeah. which maybe even <laughs> even broaden that even further. Yeah, yeah. Um, just I think we talked about that last time too. But the larger kind of um, message I've gotten from these inter- interdisciplinary articles is that there is a lot of like not to sound too like in the clouds, but the mind body connection is really important. And when we carry stress in our bodies, it's really helpful to, you know, use music or art or yoga or anything like that as outlets because it's a stressful time. And so not, I mean, art for art's sake, of course, is important, but it's also important as kind of a way that we can reconnect with ourselves. Right. Uh, before we move on to our, our next little topic here, is there anything else that you wrote about, uh, like, like giving your, your favorite experience of the summer that you had in, in writing? What, what was the most interesting thing you were able to dive into? Oh, that's tough. I think <laughs> we might have to separate interesting from favorite experience because I think some of my favorite experiences were interesting in the sense that um, I had never, you know, kayaked to Rock Island before or really spent a day on Washington Island like I did this summer for um, the article about kayaking to to Rock Island. But um, I think that's interesting primarily because 
maybe I could offer like a first time perspective. But I think um, another really interesting article that I enjoyed writing was I talked to Wendy Carpenter, who is a fiber artist, and she created this memorial sculpture for a woman who had lost her husband. And so that was really kind of, it was a little bit of a tough topic, but it was really beautiful to see again, how like art can be transformational, both physically, because she transformed um, this woman's deceased husband's clothing into a sculpture so it's like physically transformational but also you know this release of emotion or stress so I think that that kind of again ties into like mind body and and how art connects to a lot of different aspects of our lives right uh here here's my my last little piece this is kind of more of my like uh my advertisement part of it uh (laughs) would you recommend doing an internship with the pulse do you feel like you got to experience cool stuff up here and and not only just like fun things that you got to do outside of what you're going to school for but also do you feel like your internship kind of enriched your educational experience oh for sure definitely i think that there's something really really valuable about getting that hands-on experience here at the Pulse that I don't know I would have gotten at, um, you know, more saturated newspapers where there are more people to do more things because I really kind of got to slip in the cracks and, and fill in places where, you know, if there had been more staff, maybe that would have already been covered. So it was, it was cool to both stretch my writing muscles and also just to dive into like a community and people and be able to meet different people and not be afraid to ask questions and call someone up and say like, Hey, what's with this or what's with that? I think that that's also a really valuable skill that, you know, the direct interaction with other people for sure, which I think writing often you don't, that's not emphasized. It's more of a solitary activity, but here it's really a communal kind of effort. Right. Well, there's there's my recruitment pitch for everybody <laughs> listening. Thank you for indulging me in that. Uh, why don't we pivot a little bit and talk about going back to school? So that's something that everybody is talking about across the country right now. Uh, do we open schools up? Do we not? How do we open schools up safely? Uh, and I feel like we're digging into the perspective of parents and teachers and administration a lot. But I'm interested to hear what you as a student think about this. Um, kind of walk me through the decision. So you, you probably haven't had to think about it too much over the summer, but definitely over the last month for sure. Uh, walk me through kind of your decision-making process and what things you had to consider leading up to the school opening up again. Well, I think one of my primary, you know, concerns is I'm going to be a senior. So I, I have, it's like I'm that close to the finish line and to graduation. And so I think um, it's it's almost a different conversation about me returning to school because I could take a gap year. I could do this, but it's almost like I'm this close. So I might as well just finish off, but I can see the argument where a lot of, as we were saying, freshmen might want to take a gap year. Um, but really my consideration was immediately when I heard I go to Notre Dame and when they, they announced, you know, officially they were opening up campus for students to come back in person, my initial reaction was, yay, like (laughs) everything's going to go back to normal. I get to go see my friends. I get to go to college. It'll be fun. And then immediately afterwards I was like, oh God, no, it's going to be, everything is going to be different. It's not going to be going back to normal. So this is kind of a weird roller coaster 
immediate reaction. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm curious, you might not have like all the specifics just off the top of your head, but do you know of any of the considerations or modifications that you're going to be dealing with? Yeah, so I am in a major in which we have small seminar style classes. So for us specifically, we're not going to be able to do that in the setting that we're used to because we're used to literally sitting around a table with people, you know, being face to face, having these discussions about books, but even physical, like spreading out, it's harder to have those same conversations or to conduct those same classes. So, um, Notre Dame's overall plan is everyone can go back to class in person physically, but just spread out a couple seats in a lecture hall or spread out around a table or whatever. But there's also considerations of professors that may have underlying health conditions and can't come into class or who may be older and don't want to risk um, the very real risk of getting sick. So, so I am taking five classes and I think right now three of them are online. So even though I'm back in person, I'm still not in person totally. So it'll be a mishmash of Zoom and, you know, study groups and things that, yeah, it'll be weird. <laughs> right. Now, I, I, I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are, because when I think about taking like online classes or just being able to like sit in my dorm room and check in on a class, that seems appealing to me for like my gen eds. Uh, walk me through your thought process on that. Is that something that you're like, oh, yeah, like e-learning is just as good as, you know, sitting in for your major specifically? Well, I'm kind of I, I'm divided in my mind between like it is definitely, I think, necessary for safety reasons in a lot of cases. But if we're just talking like, is online class conducive to my major? No, it's absolutely not. <laughs> and it's really frustrating. The things you don't think about when you're sitting with someone in person, like their body language, and you can kind of tell when they're about to speak or when they're done speaking. Like you get different kind of cues from people when you're having a conversation that over Zoom, it's really, you know, I feel like we've all had the experience where we talk over each other in Zoom or you don't know quite know like where to cut in or how to communicate if you can like be in a room with someone it's it's almost an intangible like unexplainable thing but it, I find conversations over zoom to be really difficult and pretty frustrating honestly yeah I majored in theater so I'm just imagining what my senior year might look like right now um I I got a feeling that because we wouldn't probably have any performance requirements. Uh, they'd probably be waived. We probably wouldn't do any shows. But I got a feeling that we would do a lot of weird stuff because theater gets weird anyway. So there'd probably be like non-traditional performances and all sorts of weird things where people aren't gathering or maybe we would perform. I don't know, like one person stands in the middle of the quad and holds a sign and that's a performance. I, I just feel like my degree specifically would have gotten really weird this year. And it, it, it's one of those things where, in my opinion, when you go to college, you're not like the, the degree is not the what you take away, right? The degree isn't like if you went to college and just had a degree to show for it, that wouldn't be anything because the degree isn't a key that opens doors for you like a lot of people think that it is. It's the experiences that you have in college that kind of shape the worth of going, right? So I went to uh, a pretty big private Lutheran school 
and I spent a lot of money because college <laughs> is super expensive and I got a theater degree and now I work here. So it's like my degree didn't get me onto Broadway or anything like that. But the experiences that I had there and the skills that I was able to pick up alongside my coursework is really what created who I am now. And I feel like that's one of the big challenges too is like what experiences are you not going to be able to do this year that, that you're going to miss out on? And I feel like there's a lot of situations where you might be like, yeah, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to keep my head down. I'm just going to finish my my coursework and then I'm going to graduate and go on. And I feel like that's probably acceptable for a lot of people. But for a lot of other people, it's like, well, I because you're not you don't get a discount for going to school this year, right? In <laughs> no. fact, you're probably paying more to facilitate the e-learning stuff. So you you also have to weigh that. Uh, and we're, we're kind of not talking about the public safety part of it right now, just because that is the core thing. Mm. Uh, and I just wanted to kind of dig into some of these more nuanced things as well, uh, because we'll be hearing a lot about the public safety side of it uh, throughout everything else that we're talking about. But w what are your thoughts just on like the, the experience of this year and how do you think it's going to go? Yeah, well, there's just, I can't, where do I start? Like, <laughs> there's so many weird things, not weird in a good way, like idiosyncratic things that you take for granted when you're in person on a college campus, like meeting your friend on the quad when you're both walking to class and being able to like chat about things or getting lunch with people or coffee with people or um, like sitting down with someone before class starts and, and making friends that way or, you know, just the way that we're exposed to human contact every single day is something I've been really missing, honestly. And like small talk, like I know people hate small talk, <laughs> but I adore small talk. And I'm and, and I miss being able to just like chat with someone who you might not might not be your best friend or you might not know that well, but like that you get a different perspective from everyone you run into. And and you just simply are not going to be able to run into as many people. Um, and I think that's one of the big reasons why college is a great place. Like college happens communally for a reason. It's not you in a room reading books. It's you with other people and learning from other people just as much as you're learning from books. I think that's like essential to college. So yeah, I, I'm going to be living in a house off campus um, with four other girls. So we kind of have like our court, like social distancing bubble. But then there's negotiating like, can people bring their boyfriends over if their boyfriends have been a bar at like the night before? Or like, can who is on my list of people who I can meet up with? You know, it feels like a weird game, like social game, even though I know it's it's important. It's just so difficult to try and negotiate interpersonal things like that about like who who makes the list, who makes the cut, who gets to be in my space is is weird. It's just very strange. Yeah, it, it's super weird. Like uh, when you talk about expanding your circle, making the choice to like, okay, do I involve my parents back in, right? Because like I just had a child, so trying to get them as much time with their grandson as possible, but also to keep them safe and keep us safe is super important. Um, but then like like you're saying, like, do I expand that to friends? Like I've already expanded it to my coworkers. Do I expand it to friends? Like how far are we willing to go? And I feel like these conversations were easier to have uh, maybe 
I don't know, five or six weeks ago when we were kind of in that lull. Mm -hmm. uh, but now as we're seeing cases go way up, then it's like, okay, now we have to have these conversations again. We've kind of gotten used to this like relaxing of things. And you can argue whether or not we relax things too early or not. But um, it, it, it's, it's a weird conversation to have because of course you want to just jump out and say like, no, close schools, don't do this, that kind of stuff. But it's complicated and, and it's nuanced. And I feel like the conversation is different when we're talking about grad school and secondary school as well, right? So like if you were in 11th grade, we'd probably be thinking different things than you are going to college, right? Because you're already making the choice and the monetary investment to go to school. Whereas uh, when you're in like grad school, you kind of have to go to school. So the, the agency is lessened in that way. So I don't know. It's a it's a really interesting conversation to have. And a, a, it's cool to be able to talk to you as you're going through it right now and, and how nuanced it actually is. But um, then you have to take into consideration like, OK, what are what are the timelines on vaccine? Right. So like a, a really like. Uh, one estimate is maybe October. That seems a little soon for me, but what if it's in January, right? Uh, then you're not losing your entire school year. You're losing just half of it, and then maybe things relax after that. Um, if if we see a like a mask mandate at the federal level, and I don't think that we will, but if we did, maybe eight weeks from now, things are better, right? Uh, so you have to think about those timelines too, because if a vaccine came out in October and we were able to really cut cases down by December, then you might be sitting at home going, man, I wish I went to school and tried my best to be safe and, and worked with everybody to create a safe environment so that we could have this instead of being like, well, now I'm home. But on the other, there's, there's another side of this too, though, right? If those timelines aren't accurate or if they're delayed longer or if we're not able to keep cases under control, then we're looking at, you know, six months from now, you're like, well, maybe I should have stayed home, right? And it's, it's a really tough call to make right now. And it's weird too because the way that time has worked, I'm sure this is a universal experience, but I was studying abroad in London during my first semester or my, during my last semester at school. So my last semester of junior year, and we got evacuated and sent home in March. And so since I remember really clearly coming home in March and thinking like, oh, this is one cataclysmic apocalyptic event and it's it's like one contained concrete thing that's happened and it'll get better and soon I'll be out in the world again like that was I feel like a lot of people's thought processes and it certainly was mine but now it's like it it's become something that's not one event but a like a lived experience that you know you just have to adapt to which is weird because I think that my mindset, what I want to think is like, ooh, when we get over it, like when it's over, when it's done, when in reality it's more like when we've learned to deal with the challenges, you know, or or when we have – yeah, it, it's weird to think of it as not something that's discrete but something that's continuous, I guess, because time is a strange thing. <laughs> right. No, I totally get what you're what you're saying because it feels like this in March, like this is an event and we need to deal with it and then we'll be done. I mean, we were talking about like we'll probably be back to normal maybe August, right? And then it very clearly became like, well, vaccines are going to take a year, so maybe and then the fast tracking stuff. Um, I think the the federal like program for getting a vaccine out as quickly as possible is called like Operation Warp Speed or something like that, <laughs> which is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. But um, 
yeah, it, it's one of those things where early on you're like, okay, let's see how this goes. Maybe by July we'll figure things out. And now we're in August and it, we're like, okay, well, now we have all these different pr- things to deal with. And, and yeah, when you talk about like getting back to normal, it's like, is it a normal that we're going back to or is it a new normal that we're creating and, and all that kind of stuff. So right. uh, it, it, it's interesting to hear your perspective on it for sure, especially as somebody who now has to make that choice that's really hard. And, and like, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm sure that in deliberating what to do, you probably <laughs> took a long time and went back and forth to try to figure out if you're going to go or not. Right. And and I think I want to definitely mention because it has I've been really overwhelmed and stressed and and it's been really difficult to to kind of grieve my senior year in a way because I I'm I'm almost like grieving this sounds shallow, but like football season and like all the things like tailgating and and the things I was expecting to happen are not going to happen. But now it's all about in my head. So I don't go crazy. <laughs> I have to think about, oh, like maybe we'll do more. Maybe I'll do a camping trip with my friends or maybe we'll do like more bike rides or hikes or, you know, it. it I'm really trying to kind of recalibrate. So it's not like I've lost my senior year. It's just going to be different. And there are still ways that I can have fun and do college things. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just have to let go of the idea that it's going to be what I thought it was going to be. So, I mean, which was really hard. And I still am <laughs> trying to like let go of that a little bit. And yeah, yeah. So I'm trying not to... St- be stuck in the grieving for too long. <laughs> right. Well, Maddie, thank you for coming on and chatting with me. Is there anything else that, that we should mention before we go? This is probably going to be your last podcast episode for a while, at least, if not indefinitely. But uh, it, it's been really great to have you on. Maddie, we've talked to you maybe three times on the podcast but we've also had your voice for some stories from the door that we've done before you've appeared on the pulse weekly show so you've definitely engraved yourself in here and it's going to be sad to see you go but uh, i hope that your senior year is still worthwhile and i hope that you are able to you know stay safe and and do things well and and graduate uh in in a way that feels at least somewhat normal right We'll, we'll see we'll see where we're at in you know, come May or June or whenever right. school lets out for you. But uh, is there anything else that you want to say to people listening before you, you head off? Just that I've had a great summer. And even though it's been very strange, I've really enjoyed um, being with Door County. And hopefully um, people have enjoyed having me here. So, yeah, thank you. Cool. Well, thanks, Manny. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again later. Yeah, thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com shop where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.